With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's the review. I've got Paul's Johnson and Cope. Uh, brief little notes in advance if we just start calling Paul Johnson Jacko. Uh, that's just, just go with it. Don't worry about it. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't analyze it too much or too deeply. Uh, but we've got to call people something. And as there are two Pauls, we'll see how we get on. Um, we always start this talking about the approaches of both managers first and foremost and Paul Johnson I think that the first thing you can take from the way Atletico go about the business is they're all about one thing which is to keep it as tight as possible and a lot of what they do and the way they set up firstly it's the way they tend to set up anyway so we shouldn't go too mad on it but it reminds me a lot of for instance the way in which Napoli have set up to have a certain amount of success against Liverpool definitely and as you said, we we you know sitting there before the game last night, you know what they're going to do. They've they've you know um, Simeone's you know renowned for it, keeping it tight, looking to sneak one. So they get the perfect start, don't they? Obviously, a little bit of luck with the goal. Uh, obviously, how it, how it came about, you know, there was a really really bad throwing call, and then uh, Virgil puts one out for the corner, which he's probably disappointed with. And then obviously, you don't win the first header; it breaks off off the lads. There's a little bit of luck. So it plays right into their hands. They couldn't have wished for a, a more perfect start. And then they did what we knew they would. And they did it really well, in fairness to them. You know, they, they, they had, you mentioned about the two banks of four and, and the two centre, centre forwards literally being in, 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 in their own half. Literally getting them behind the ball, working the socks off. And fair play to them. And Simeone's on the touchline, you know, orchestrating the crowd, getting them all up for it. It was perfect. The world champions had turned up. They'd gone 1-0 down early and we all know what was going to happen next. So, you know, two ways of looking at it. As a Liverpool fan, you can say, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit defensive. They've got a, they've got a, a plan to try and get through into the, the next, you know, the last six, last eight of the Champions League. Uh, and that's what they're going to do. They were never going to play, you know, expansive football. They were never going to take us on, you know, <laughs> like for like. So we kind of expected it. It was just unfortunate that we we, we conceded early. What lays the, sets the stall out to two things, firstly, is the, the team selection itself, Paul from Atleti, where they go, you know, with that quite muscular midfield with maybe the idea Lamar will add some, some flair, some pace, something in wide areas, something at half time then. Cup one nil up. We'll uh, move Coke over to the other side, make it tougher there. Uh, and it is, and I th- as I say, I think it's what Napoli did really well against us. I always remember looking at the size of Fabian Ruiz in centre mid for Napoli, six foot two, six foot three. Gets about the pitch. You look at all four of those midfielders that Napoli are able to put out, and Liverpool in this, uh, sorry, and Atleti in this instance. You know, we talk about Liverpool's three doing the work of four, or at times even five. What those four are able to do is do the work of five, or maybe even six, and that's the that's the point of them, really. They're there to be workhorses. Those aren't wingers, the midfielders who are just playing at starting positions in wide areas. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to make, and I think um, Gillian Balagay said it to, to Gibbo pre-match on, on one of your videos, that it's four centre midfielders, basically. And it, and it was in, it's interesting, all these approaches, and we've, we've chatted about this before, about Napoli when they play us, and, we've, and I, I don't think enough Liverpool fans especially, but probably fans of elite clubs that go away to games like this, 
give you enough credit to what is happening against you. And it was the first time on telly I'd seen anyone say it after the game last night. Gary Lineker basically just went, so it's like Crystal Palace, but with good players. And you're like, yes, that's... Ex-. Well, and, and I was actually thinking about it before, and I was like, it's probably beyond Hodgson. It's more like Pulis. Do you know Pulis just go, I'll just have four massive lads. That's all I'll do. I'm not, I'm not asked about anything else. I just need four massive lads, and they can do all this stuff for me. And you try and... even Like, don't even try and break us down. See if you can see the goal. Like, at any point, see if... With our lines, with... And this is the bit about, you know, having this type of football, this type of setup, but with elite players. When they've been drilled the way they've been drilled, when they know what they know how the game works, they know how to cover the ground, they know how to cut off passing lanes. I think it's what what the TV should do to to show how difficult it is to play in these games is switch the camera angle from where we all see it from above, where football looks really easy, to pitch level. Because it's only at that point, I've mentioned this in the past about going the game, and when it's only when you go down to pitch level, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I can't see any gaps. Like, li- physically, I can't see where there's a pass here. And you can't really see that from sort of camera angles that are high up, because it just always looks like it's easy. You know, just switch it there, just do that. And that's what they do brilliantly with those types of types of players in those positions. It's really difficult to play against. What we do, we pick, we go with what we call, what, what's been called our first 11, even though I think it's only the first the first time it's played together, certainly from the start in any game. Yeah. Um, I think it's difficult to judge the approach because the early goal skews things. And I think the early goal, maybe Paul rattles Liverpool a tiny little bit more than we maybe even expect. I think it's partially because the way in which it comes about. I think Van Dijk arguably has his poorest uh, 20 minutes 30 minutes in a Liverpool shirt afterwards I think he, he then gets back to being his normal self it's fair mm. to say and I think he's actually impeccable second half I think he bails us out on a few occasions but there is a little there is a little situation isn't there where Liverpool just we never really get to see what it looks like when Liverpool settle firstly because of the goal secondly because of Atleti's approach and thirdly because it becomes clear the way in which the referee is going to go about his business yeah all of those points it's funny isn't it though even as you say that and, and we keep saying this the standards that we're holding these players to now so we say well, Van Dijk was a bit dodgy there what we mean is like he, he missed one pass and like mis- misheaded one ball that's effectively what <laughs> we're getting speaking, down yeah, to yeah, yeah. Like, and you're like and you do I found myself looking at it going Van Dijk's dodgy here you're like dodgy come on mate <laughs> I'm having a chat with myself in the flat going come on we've seen dodgy centre-backs this is, this, is not, this is not a dodgy centre-back performance this is just oh that's a bit of a mistake um and yet, like it, it's all, it all facts into the same thing, doesn't it? And again, I'll, I'll constantly bring people back to this. I think we, as, a, as especially our fan base, we seem to have this thing that we can create these atmospheres and we can put off these great sides and we can affect the other, the the opponents. But that can't be done to us. And like this is an example of what can be done to us. Basically, I, I was reflecting on this this morning. Do all of the sort of tactics aside and the the, the defeat aside. I think we might actually look back at this game in years to come as the game in which we were crowned kings of Europe. Forget winning the European Cup and being given the trophy. The, the game in which the rest of Europe went, you're Barcelona now, by the way, lads. You're the new Barcelona. And Barcelona didn't go on to win the Champions League every year. But what they did, which was getting crowned the best team in Europe every year, was they were going away to their peers. And Atletico Madrid are your peers in this sort of group. And those lads went, we can't play you. We can't. And the fans, and this is where the, it's really important to bring it back to us and to relate it. Think about when we've played those games at Anfield and we have the bus. We we get the, right, we need to get everyone out, lads, setting off flares. 
we need to do everything we can to put these off. So you, you greet the bus, you, you pick our lads up, you put them off, you create an atmosphere in the ground that makes them lose their heads a little bit. And when we're doing it to other teams, we go, yeah, there you go, power of Anfield. Well, that's what happens when you're on the other end of it. That's It's literally what happens. And yeah, I, th- I actually think coming out the back end, the reaction of all of the players and the management is really interesting because they're basically like, yeah, we're all right with 1-0. So I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this in a second. I was going to come on to this, but I think there's two big substitutions that Liverpool make over the course of the game, Paul, and I think they both suggest we're all right with 1-0. We're not happy with 1-0, but we're all right with 1-0. One's doing Manny at, at half-time because he doesn't want to see him get sent off, and the other one's Salah on 70, which looks to me pre-programmed. But for me, this is my... you know I think that that tells you a massive story that ultimately... Liverpool felt as though we, it doesn't all have to be done tonight. There's and I I do think there's a little point on around seventy seventy five where Liverpool almost go all right one nil, all right we'll 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 make the best of this. We're we're big boys. We've been here before, and I think that that is in the same way that Paul's talking about one thing being telling about where Liverpool are viewed now. I think it's almost how Liverpool view themselves. All right, yeah, we're all grown ups now. We don't have to kill ourselves. We're not far away from the manager trying to get the goalkeeper to go up at Barcelona. By the way. Mm-hmm. Here, one nil. See you later. Yeah, exactly. Literally, just before you said that, was exactly in my head. Okay, different, different type of game, and and Barcelona kind of went toe to toe with us at the new camp last year. However, if you think back then, when as you say we're two nil down, and it's like we should have we should have scored both three. So it's like let's go and score a goal. If we'd have probably just gone, well, hang on, lads, we're two down here. Let's be sensible. We didn't. We went and gone three down, and probably should have been four or five by the end of it. So it is a little bit like they were a year, you know, year more mature, we're year more developed. We maybe have just gone. Let's just think about this year. Yeah, great if we can get the equaliser. Yeah, great if we can nick one. But let's not concede one as well. I think. And when you, I think it was seventy two percent possession although it was all us in terms of possession and we created your Salah header is a great chance your Henderson where he just pulls one you know wide the post is a chance we're not knocking on the door although we've got more of the ball they didn't do much but then say again then they had two really good chances they had the Maratta one where he slips and then they had the one we were speaking about off here with, with Costa where he goes through in injury time and he only has to either slip the ball right or carry it a bit further and then hit it and he, he scuffs his shot wide so potentially it was one of those as well I thought hang on a minute Reds let's not concede another one and let's then you know, make this game ten times tougher at Anfield so there and what you've said and what Cope you mentioned that there was a lot of talk after the game that it's half time it's one nil, and that's what it was, and and we're all right with that. We know we've got enough in our, in, you know, with Anfield with the crowd and, and with the performance of the lads that we can we can we can do well, um, because I think a, a little bit of me was thinking, do we put Kaiser on here, you know, and then when Henderson goes off, does he go? Well, I'll go Naby, but then as you say, he goes Milner, which is your safe option, and I've got no problem with that because I think as you say, they probably think well one one okay, let's let's deal with that, take our medicine, and then let's get them back in three weeks. There's on the Manny sub at half-time, it's a massive call, really, in one sense, but it does feel as though it's not so much down to Sadio Mane as the environment, the referee, what their players are going to spend the second half doing. And almost as though the manager's saying, just saying, Sadio, you're going to be so important for me for 90 in the next one. The idea that we lose you, because it, it, and I, to me it's striking. You know, If we'd have gone down to 10, would there have been wave after wave of Atletico Madrid attack? <laughs> I don't think so, but what there would have been is no Sadio Mane in the second leg. Yeah, absolutely. And... And look, despite despite what we've said about this squad now, and it is a very, very good f- squad of footballers, we all know that you take one of those front three out and whoever you replace them with, it's just not the same. The it, It's been really... The past two games have been really interesting to watch Andy Robertson 
because he's been, he's been without his mate in front of him. And then, literally, Mane comes on away at Norwich, and Robertson's game just transforms. Straight away, he's like, yep, yeah, right, we're back. One-twos, overlapping, we know what each other's doing. And it was really interesting. There's a shot on the TV of when Origi's coming on at <laughs> half-time. Do you see Robertson just in his ear, just in his ear, talking to him, talking to him. And Origi's got that face of like, whatever, mate. Like, I, I, I'm just going to do my thing because I'm, I'm Divock and I'll, I'll, I'll do what it wants. And then there was it was around like the 68th minute. Divock dropped in to like show, to say, give me the ball. And Robertson's got the ball at his feet and he's screaming at him to go. Run away from me. That's all I want you to do. Run away from me. And he didn't. And it looked, Robertson looked like he wanted to knock him out. <laughs> and that, it makes such a big difference to our side. We saw it when he came on as a sub the other day, just how quickly Mane changes everything. The, the impetus that he puts into a game, that combination, as, as we said. But all, it's not only that, the way those three, I listened to you on one of the, the post match shows, the way those three interact together is unlike any other three that we've got. It's, They've, they've developed this understanding now and we were joking about it in the pub on Saturday night saying because Manny ran on and literally went to the right wing he just went straight across to the right wing at the weekend and I can imagine the right back looking around going I've got no idea what I'm meant to do now and the left back going well I've got three of them <laughs> and then you mentioned that Joe five minutes later Salah's playing left wing and you, you can imagine all of the, the back line of the opposition going well, we've got no idea what to do when you compare that to our front three, when it's Oxley Chamberlain there or Divock Origi there, or both as the game finishes as, as it ends, yeah, they have they create their own issues, and we've we've often said about Origi coming on a sub, you, you know, you wouldn't want that as a as that fullback looking at his strength and his power and his pace, but it's all a bit more predictable. I'm, I'm thinking about myself, there were two defenders sitting or three defenders sitting around the table <laughs> from our from our heighty lofty footballing <laughs> careers, um, yeah. But I, I think, Joe, you know, like, not that we could mark any of them, but in, in, Joe, in, in context, if you put those those players at our level, the Oxlade Chamberlain or the Divock Origi player, we'd all, broadly speaking, be okay with, I think. If, you know, if that player type of player came on, you'd be like, yeah, I, I sort of know how to play him. I, he's good, but I, I can play him. Sadio Mane comes on, Mo Salah comes on, Bobby Firmino comes on, you're like, I haven't got, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. Like, my, my brain's sore, so I'm just trying to keep up with them. So... The very fact that he's pulled him at half time just shows how much Klopp agrees with all of that as well. I think because he's not daft as well. This setup, we all know, like it's not like it's going to be a breeze at Anfield just because we've got the home crowd. Just go to a different ref. Just because Simeone can't dictate what's going on around him with with the crowd. So he's going to need his very best creative players. And it's again, it goes back to what what Jacko just said. Then it's a grown up decision that. Even from Klopp, it shows how Klopp's changed in, in not even 12 months since the Barca game. There's something, um, Paul, around changing one thing changes a lot of things. So he brings Fabinho back in, which I think we all, you know, I don't think anyone around this table would have argued with. But I, it looks to me as though everyone just sort of struggles with the knock-on effect. When it's been in recent weeks, Henderson deepest, I think, when Aldham's played closer. Mm. So he's now moved a bit, not loads, but a bit. Uh, Henderson's obviously disrupted. He goes back to where he's been playing, and it's not <clears> that we, we all know he can be really, really good there. But he isn't on the night, and it's partially what Atletico do. do, do. 
But it is also partially Fabinho comes in, and to me, I actually think he gets better and better as the game wears on. Mm-hmm. But what that suggests is that he was starting at a certain point and growing and growing. It wasn't as though he started brilliantly and got managed to go into another sphere. It was that he started, if we're honest about it, just a bit off it. And by the end of the game, it looks like it'll be a good 90 minutes for him. But whether or not that helps Liverpool's a little bit different. And mm-hmm. I don't think that midfield, certainly for the first hour or so, didn't feel like it was functioning as well as it has done. As you say, the team comes out. I don't think there's a Liverpool fan on the planet who goes, mm, I wouldn't have played that person or that person. So you're spot on, Neil. I think he probably wasn't on his own either. In For the first, you know, we, we've mentioned Virgil. Uh, you know, had a couple of mistakes, which is very un-Virgil-like. But I think probably you you said it, conceding the goal probably, it does knock us, the fans are up. You said there's going to have an impact on that thing and you know, why, what's going on. So I think he wasn't on his own when you're saying that, you know, he didn't start well. Uh, he did grow into the game a lot. The knock-on effect, as you say, is is interesting because I think Henderson then obviously is, is is you know playing more of an advanced role, and I just think that there was a lot of times when we were getting into decent positions and 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 and, and Trent who I thought had a you know a couple of bad bad um, crosses first off again because he, he you know wasn't on it as as he has been. Um, I think it had an, an overall effect. Maybe there's just a whole standard of our, our first half play because there wasn't really anything that stands out as a major chance. There was obviously a couple of little crosses where we, you know, maybe should have done better. Um, Mo has one which which gets blocked. That's probably our best chance. Which yeah, so it's a nice play as well, by the it's way. Lovely play, uh, but it was our sort of our standout move of the match. We there was some nice stuff, but I, I felt that we were maybe below. Where you know our normal level. Now we obviously you can't just label that on the team selection. Each player has, has their own job to do, and I think they, you know there was there was players a little bit you know performing under it. But I think maybe would you say that if he hadn't played for being Owen and, and and you know he puts Henderson in that role, does Ronaldo have a different game, better game? I, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one to call. I think it's it's the the one of the things that if you like this go Madrid, you're able to come come out of the game and feel as though. You know you've done well, but also it's a tiny little bit of circumstances. It's almost it's almost treble disruption here for Liverpool. One, it's the change of the midfield three, and therefore the change of how they play. Because I, you know, there's been a lot of talk that Henderson's done brilliantly, which he obviously has playing the role. But I think that Henderson's had more help than Fabinho normally gets. I think that when Fabinho plays there, Henderson and Ronaldo or whoever it is who's in front of him play further away from him. Whereas I think Henderson's had a little bit more help. So it's there's a disruption there though in the, in the nature of the shape. There's then the disruption of the early goal, and there's the disruption of the crowd, the atmosphere as you've been saying, Paul. And it's almost as though you know Liverpool never really get a proper first half rhythm going because of this treble disruption. It almost takes the half time break and then the big fifteen after the start. Of the and don't forget the referee as well. In that. the referee, yeah. so you know it's a quadruple disruption because he does have a well, big factor on that. Neil, as well. Well, and one of the game, you can make an argument that one of the actual game-changing moments is when Salah makes that perfectly reasonable tackle down in the deep corner, and the ref ref gives it, and it's as though everyone on the pitch goes, "Oh, it's like this then." <laughs> and all of that, I think, just knocks into Liverpool never quite get settling into the pattern of the way in which they want to play. As I say, at least until the start of the second half. Yeah. Definitely, and and it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I'm with you both. And when you see that team come out, it's Michael. I've even said this on Sally, like that's Liverpool's first eleven. And it's interesting because we've had this conversation in the past. Yes, that's Liverpool's first eleven in big games when you need that solidity. But actually, in this type of game, in hindsight, and everything's easy with hindsight, isn't it? This is a game where you okay, you might not expect to have seventy five percent possession, but you know they're not great. They, they haven't got much pace. You know they're not that much of a threat on the break. You know you're going to have the the bulk of possession. So there's an argument that actually we should have been treating this as Stoke away, and 
treat it that way. So rather than pick those three as the solid, you put in your Keita or you put in your Oxley Chamberlain midfield. But that is easier. It's it's easy to say in hindsight, and you and you've been beaten, and it's all of these factors that you've got to take into account. I think the biggest part of it is something Jack was mentioned, which it was really interesting in all the post-match stuff, how often this is half-time got mentioned. Klopp even said it in his post-match press conference. And he even said, I like half-time. And we've seen loads in the past months how often we'll we'll watch a performance first half from Liverpool and go, hmm. And you can see clear as day when they come out for the second half. They've sat down, the analysts have come in. And bear in mind, they've only got by the time... Sean always says this. Think about how, how little time you've got at half-time. By the time everyone gets in, settles down, gets their drinks and all that, and then they've got to get out again. You probably have five minutes in the middle of that. We have analysts come in. We say, right, this is what's happened first half. This is where you're going wrong. This is what you need to improve. We come out second half. Credit to the players as well, how quickly they pick this stuff up as well and change. I don't think that ever gets enough credit. Like, from playing football, you're like that's hard to do live in a football match. But we come out and we change and all of a sudden we're breaking down this team. We've got three weeks to do that this time. We've got three weeks of, of these lads who usually do it in five minutes, going, sitting down, all of our players and going, right, they're not going to change how they play, by the way. Like, you've had 90 minutes to suss them out. You can see what they did. And now we've got three weeks to show you how to pick them apart. And we've got three weeks to think about it. Even though, as, as Robbo said, Joe, we've got Premier League. I love that line. We've got Premier League business to sort out in the meantime. Basically, we've got a league to win, so we'll box that off first, and then we'll then we'll deal with you shit houses. Some interview that wasn't it. But, I mean, I love the fact that normally in these interview scenarios, and this is a bit off the point, but normally these interview scenarios that you like, and normally you get the impression in life if Virgil Van Dyke's in a room, everyone's looking at Virgil Van Dyke. That interview, Virgil's merely there as he is. That interview is one absolutely furious man who is it was simmering away and. Can't play them again now. Can we play them again now? Can we do it now? Yeah. It almost feels like that. The the interviewer has gone, um, Virgin, can we have a word? And Robbo's gone, I'm getting on this with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this with you, Virgin. <laughs> Are you, Robbo? Yeah. yeah. Watch this. Virgin is absolutely, Virgin's just Virgin. And he's trying to be all cool. And there's this, this fella next to him. And every time the ca- every time he looks at the camera, you're like, oh, hello. Yeah. I don't fancy a bit of this. It, it, just, is. it looked to me like security. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got like this ang- angry Scots lad there and his security guard behind him going, all right. Calm down, mate. Just <laughs> in a bit. But it was it was that idea of you get the impression they'll be absolutely relishing it off the way. Partially, I think off the way the game goes, the fact that they feel as though well, they had to take money off at half time. None of them will be pleased about that. But it does seem to me, Paul, as though you know there is just. Um, but this is back to the the key thing, which is all this talk about half time. It's why, in many senses, the game's almost difficult to talk about because I think Liverpool, I think that Atletico will feel like job well done from sixty five onwards. But I sort of got the impression from 70 onwards, from certainly the point at which Mo Salah's taken off and Oxlade-Chamberlain come on, Liverpool have sort of gone, we're all right with 1-0. And I think that's a difficult thing for us to process, but Liverpool have sort of gone all right 1-0. Yeah, I, th- I think I think very much so. And understandably so. When I think this is the thing of, we love talking about evolution of football teams and evolution of, I think one day, Maybe when he's finished, like the, there's a there's a great story in the evolution of Klopp since he came in as Liverpool's manager and how he's changed. Now he's changed his approach, and you, you often get to the likes of Guardiola saying, "No, this is my approach, and this is how I just approach everything. I'll never change." Klopp has changed loads in that time, and even as we say, even in the past year, that I'm I'm not sure we'd have ever see, we'd have ever seen that from them before. That just this sort of, and I this is going back to my point of Joe being being last night being the, the night when we're crowned kings of Europe like unofficially by everybody else it's that moment that you said before where we, we've done it as well 
it's like we we know we're the kings of Europe. We we know we're the best football team on the planet right now. So we don't have to panic. We don't need to worry about it. Again, Owen made made a great point that, and and Klopp said this in his post match press conference. And I, I I've seen a couple of headlines this morning where it's like you know, we lost our heads and all that. And obviously there were there were a few little moments where you could see the crowd had obviously had an effect. But I think on the whole, considering we're away to Atletico Madrid, we've conceded the goal after three minutes. I think it was a really good performance. I, we kept our heads for the most part. We kept, kept passing the ball. We kept prodding. We kept probing. Yeah, we didn't. I keep thinking about the whole you know, shots on target thing, and it, it's a weird, it's a weird stat that. And I've been guilty of this in the past, though. We haven't had the shots on target, but it, it almost implies that you're better off having ten shots straight at the keeper than you are doing what we did, which is nonsense when you think about it. Because when you're playing against a side like Atleti, it, it comes back more and more to what Pep Linda said a long time ago. Of what we're trying to do is create eight, nine, ten out of ten chances. Not we don't want to have loads of one out of ten chances from outside the box. That's yeah. not the point. So certainly with the keeper as good as he is. Well, exactly. The keeper's a legendary goalkeeper. He's won player of the year for them four times. He's he, he's known as arguably, you know, our fella's tremendous, but this fella could be the best shot stopper in the world. That's what you're dealing with, someone who could be the best. Our, our fella brings everything he brings you, but their fella could just simply be the best person in the world at stopping shots going in. Well, it's easy to forget, isn't it? When we bought Alisson, most people wanted Obla. Like, the, he was, the. I think everyone would say then, he was the best goalkeeper in the world. Alisson has become, during that time, the best goalkeeper. But I'm, I'm with you completely. And if you just boil down what we did during that game, what chances did we create? Well, Salah's won. Yeah, that doesn't get chalked down as a as a shot on target because the defender throws his head in the way brilliantly by the way if our, if if one of our centre-backs does that you're like what a block that is that's destined for the top corner Oblak could still save it and then you've got Henderson's one which is a, a lovely effort doesn't count as a shot on target goes just wide but they're the type of chances you're trying to create and we created two or three of them in that environment against that side whilst we're trying to figure them out and it was interesting that Klopp said in the post-match press conference that was one of the best he'd seen us play against that type of side. Joe was really pleased with it. He's not disappointed at all. I think he a couple. Of, he, I think he mentioned on his interview right after the game, and I think um, that the fellas on BT had said the same. He said about maybe the final third, not maybe just obviously creating chances, but sometimes maybe the, the final ball mm. or the you know, the last decision making. And I, I kind of say yeah, I agree with that. You know, there's a couple of times where Trent couple of better balls yeah. in it then creates a better chance so that maybe be something that they'd look at but in terms of up to that point I don't think there was you know there was nothing you wouldn't you couldn't sit here and, and be panicking over you know the performance yeah obviously we would have preferred not to have got beat 1-0 but after conceding after three minutes and then you know literally pretty much dominating okay they had a couple of half chances and with you as well Cole, because if you if you if you have got him up like in goal like Neil said and you're just hitting shots from 30 yards. So at the end of the game, you go, oh, Sam, well, we had six shots on target. Yeah, lad, he caught them all here. Yeah. And and he, he fell on three. That's how bad they were. Yeah. You know, okay. And you said about the chance we created. I think the Salah header is probably our best chance. And he'd be disappointed, Mo, because yeah, if he goes back across goal, you know, he probably scores. Mm-hmm. But he just sort of, you know, he, he tries to hit it down. He does the right thing by hitting it down. He just, it just beats um, the, the near post. But yeah, I think it'd be interesting at Anfield because... 
we're all set sat here and we're all very confident. You can see the players and, and the crowd and Klopp and everyone are going to be massively up for it. I said to you, didn't I, when I got to the office there, I said, it's funny because I'd say 2-0 right now, but I actually want to beat them 5-0. Mm. And, and it feels like they want to do it. It felt like Robson, Robbo, sorry, um, would be like that. Wouldn't it be like, I don't want to beat these, I want to batter them. I want to absolutely batter them. And I, I think that collectiveness of, of, you know, we score early at Anfield and then, as you say, Neil, what happens in the next 10 minutes that's that's crucial because if you can get a second and a third you blow them away because they start thinking Barcelona don't they yeah. and you think well you know what they didn't score and they'll have to change the way they're playing so <clears throat> all those things into account the fact that you can analyse it over three weeks and come up with a different way to play I'd be very surprised there's, if they do anything different at all because I don't think they will there's, there's that but I think there's also something sometimes the manager says post-match Paul is they defended with all they had their defending the box was incredible and I'm I always think that's a double-edged sword in that you don't want people in your box and for me, that was the thing to take from the start of the second half. There's that period, I think, from about 50 to about 60, 65, where Liverpool are pretty much camped and have got them penned back there. And it happens in the first half as well for 10 or 15. But I think they're in the box more in the second half period. And I think defending in your box is always a lottery. You can do it brilliantly and the ball can ricochet away from you and it drops at someone's feet. Not dissimilar to the goal they score, it drops at someone's feet and before you know where you are, you've conceded. Yeah. And that to me is, you know, I'll praise Atleti yesterday. I think they get a lot right. I think Simeone sets them up brilliantly. I think we can talk a little bit more about them in a minute. But he won't want 15 minutes in either half at Anfield where they are having to do as much in their penalty area as they were there and they're likely to have more to do at Anfield in their penalty area. It's not a rear guard action if you're battling in your own penalty area. Yeah, I, I think the, the it'd be interesting this, I'll write this down so I don't forget that I've said this in three weeks. I think one of the things you will see different from our approach and Jack was saying about the final third is something we've become brilliant at almost under the radar and I don't know what the stats are on it but something that Man City used to do constantly and I I still remember the, the game in 2014 with David Silva me and Jacko sitting next to each other just petrified whenever he had the ball because he would just keep the ball in your box just keep it in your box forever like it, and it, you, you're going just someone get it off him and you can I've said this before you can imagine Glenn, Glenn Johnson saying around saying to him do you think I'm not trying <laughs> like, I'm trying mate <laughs> and something we've become brilliant at is passing the ball around inside someone else's box when there's 10 of their lads there and it's exactly what you've just said. It, it was what led to, um, I can't remember who it was against, the, the Origi pen where he got brought down, where it's, you're like, you shouldn't be, everything tells you you shouldn't really be passing the ball around here, lads. There's too many lads around yet. There's not enough space. But we've got the technical ability to do that now. And it, it sort of reminds me as well of sort of the um, the Suarez era when Suarez was great at it. I'll just keep the ball in your box and we'll keep the ball in your box and I'm just going to keep making you make decisions because if I make you make enough decisions, sooner or later you're going to make one wrong. You will make an unforced error or a well, a forced error really because I'll kick it at your hand and you don't know what to do then because you move your hand out the way and let it go through because I'm, I'm actually kicking it towards Daniel Sturridge and we've got that loads now. It didn't mean, as, even as I say that, it goes like Mane in the Champions League final. I'm just going to knock the ball here and what are you going to do about it? Your hand's there, unlucky, and ball. It was also a really good point. I think Klopp mentioned it, um, and he said about the you know at times our counter press and that, and that spell in the first half where we were on top. It was mad because we were getting to the final third and they get a foot in, and as they told it to clear, we picked the ball up, and we, it was us who were recycling the ball all the time. And if we did it in the second half, we get to the final third. I and thought we were going to tie them out. Yeah, yeah I did. I thought these can't keep keep this up, uh, and there was an element of it was just like we're around the box, let's get it clear. And even when they tried to play it. 
try to play, sorry, we'd nick it back off them. And Klopp mentioned it, he said, oh, counter pressing was great. And I think that's important because I think that, it, and I feel we're probably going to pin them in. And if you're pinning them in round the box, then it just opens up opportunities, doesn't it? Because you, you don't want to be, as you say, Neil, a rear guard action. You want to have some time where you you, you actually get out and, and, and you're not just literally on your own. Because it's penalties, it's deflections, it's handballs, it's all those things that it can bring out. Do you know what else does for them? Cope, which I think makes the second leg difference. Liverpool played Saturday, uh, 5.30, finished. Uh, played this game 72 hours later. Uh, before the second leg, it's a Wednesday night rather than a Tuesday night. And Liverpool play Saturday, 12.30. And Liverpool play in Bournemouth at home. And I think that this is, that's the other reason why Jürgen Klopp's got one eye on this second leg and why I had one eye on the second leg, just thinking, just have it only be 1-0, lads, don't do anything to have the last 15 mm. here. Because circumstances are better for you going into the second leg than they have been going into the first. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I was just thinking the exact same thing. That, that And this is a this is an organisational point, which people have complained about for a long time in this country. The Spanish league in particular is great at looking after its Champions League teams. When, when you're playing the Champions League, lads, you can play on Friday night then. Sound, you can have loads of rest. And I was thinking the same thing as I'm watching, thinking, will it tie them out? I almost tweeted it. These will be knackered for the past 20 minutes. Do you know what game they've got before? Go on. They've got uh, their fourth at the minute, Atletico, uh, in the champ- final Champions League spot. And the game they have before the play us next is at home to Sevilla, who were fifth on the same number of points. They play Saturday 3pm. Oh, there you go. Brilliant. So, so again, that, that falls in our favour. And these are things that can go under the radar. I do think on the flip side of this... The one, like, well, not just the one, but a big thing in their favour is if they've got Diego Costa back for that game. <clears throat> all the points Jacko's making there, I'm, I'm 100% with during last night's game, where the number of times it, I, I'm I'm screaming at their fullbacks, just clear it, just clear it. And it was like they'd look up and go, no, I'll just, I'll take another touch. And then there was one in sort of the first 15 minutes where we just crowded them out at their right fullback position and, and won the ball back, Genie and, and Firmino in there. I think if Diego Costa's playing as their mm. main centre forward, it gives them a, it gives them a bit more of an out. Now, whether by then he can do ninety minutes or not, who knows? Or he can last ninety minutes exactly. without getting sent because yeah. he's the type of player who maybe if the crowd are up yeah, and, and if Robbo him elbowed him in the in the ribs after two minutes, like he'd push Messi that time. It, it could be that as well, couldn't it? So absolutely. I know what you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but it, but that does add that just adds another little element to the to the whole mix. But I, I actually, I actually really like that. You know, I'd, I'd rather they came with their big guns and, and mm. we and we blow them away than than do it without. Um, all right. Uh, last little thing, uh, just to work through, is to talk, reflect very briefly on what they do do very well, Paul. And I think that there's a little thing they do where they're very keen to put pressure on us from different angles, not just the conventional pressure from the front. They come coming from the sides. Lads were leaving what's normal positioning to come over and, pr- and get on top of a Liverpool player uh, in, in certain areas. I think that, you know, and a lot of it even from behind at times when you think maybe someone's come out the game, the two centre-forwards who were dropping in and doing bits. I think that, you know, I, there was talk before and that Simeone was thinking about how to get at us, how to make it difficult for us. I think he can feel as though that's gone pretty well. Whether or not you can do that across another 90 is a separate conversation, but I think they can come away and feel as though they worked really, really hard for one another by at times picking moments to to pressure Liverpool in a way that's really unorthodox. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they, they got it spot on, basically. And again, I saw Rory Smith did a great article before, and I saw people giving him stick online saying they're crap. And he was like, I know my point, point is this is the perfect game for them because they get to go back to being the underdog and get to go back to being what they're good at. What, and he can he can almost, and Klopp referenced that. Simeone could almost use it as like a turning point. As a look, we, this is, we use this game to remember who we are, to remember our identity, to get the crowd behind us again. Um, and I think they I think they did all of that brilliantly 
and the downside and look it's worth saying as well and I know Robbo was pissed off and it was a, and it was a brilliant interview but I, I'm not sort of surprised or pissed off one bit that they celebrated like they, like they'd just gone through because what that does again it goes back to the point about you know, kings of kings of Europe, kings of the world. They've just they've just pulled off an incredible an incredible win, playing their manager's blueprint, doing exactly what they were meant to do. Everyone doing their jobs, everyone working hard, putting everything they've got into that ninety minutes. So they're celebrating like they've done what they've just done, which is fair enough. It's a buying thing, I think, Paul. And I think you see it through the game again. This is the early goal; it gives them the boost. We've got this thing to defend, but also as it works and continues to work, the more you buy into it, the more you feel as though this gaffer's got it right. We're all working for one another. Great lads around me. I die for these. We've all been in that sort of moment again. A terrible levels of football, but that moment of everything's working. We're all in this together. The the thing, the question then becomes: Well, what you do when it doesn't work? And that's why Liverpool have got so much in the second leg for them. Because what you do when suddenly it's not working? You're looking at the gaffer, and he's going, "Just work harder." Yeah. And you think. We're all working as hard as we can. It's my literally, literally was my exact next point. It was when everything's going great, Maratta will work back and put pressure on Fabino when he had the ball. And he'll come in from the angle because he's got what is this? I don't know, sixty thousand. Yeah, banging with a yeah, great tackle. There was a left back who 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 cheered the tackle. At, at, in our right back position last night and it went out and he cheered the tackle and, and the commentator on BT said you know he's using cheering tackles it's all well and good that when everything's gone to plan and as you say would they have been like that Neil if it was nil nil on 60 I don't know I, I generally don't know I don't nil nil on 60 our blacks made two great saves and Liverpool have hit the post yeah mm. Would that left back then cheer a tackle in the left back corner? Would would Simeone's orchestration of the crowd be as it was? It I know he's always doing it, but would it be at that level? But because they've got the they've got the you know they've nailed the the the, the, the peg on the fact that they won the up, they had the perfect start, and then everyone can buy into that. Well, hang on, lads, you're three minutes into Anfield and you one nil down, and you've got fifty five thousand scousers baying for your blood. And you're looking at your manager, and Marata certainly thinking. But every time I go there, boss, he knocks it to him, and I'm getting tired, here, and I'm only 15 minutes in, and then you score again. It's that, and I, you know what? The, a lot of I read a little bit about Atleti before the, the game, and they're not doing great in, in the league. So you know, this is the probably their big. You know, we're in the last 16. We've just, as you say, cope. We've just beat the world and European champions one 0 It's perfect. Their papers today, their fans today, will be over the moon. Mm. But there's a big question to ask, and that's why I think the players are not like. And it's not an arrogance; it's not a cockiness. You've got to have that. There's just okay, lads. Yeah, it's half time now, and you've got to come to Anfield. Let's see what you can do when this happens, when this circumstance happens. You know what I mean? And I think because of that, that's why we sat here thinking, "Yo, we'll, we'll be fine." That's why we're excited. I can't wait for the second leg, and we can go out. And I'm almost excited by the fact that we can go out this jeopardy. I really can't wait to bounce into Anfield that day, that yeah. Wednesday night. You know, we'll try and get out of work early, few drinks, all meet up, all of that. You know, I genuinely, I'm like, this is gonna be amazing because mm. there's genuine jeopardy we could go out they could do is they could get one win, and we win the game 2-1 they could get one and go through on away goals and you know what if they do fair plays then I'd shake the hands of every single one of them but that's what I'm in this for now I can't wait yeah well, what's really funny about it is I, I'm not sure anyone can put themselves in our shoes right now we, we haven't had this for ages have we <laughs> we're made, like we're made up we're, we're watching a football team we're, we're all like literally agog by every time we have a conversation with another Liverpool fan did in the gym this morning with like everyone saying, oh, I hope we win it on this day, not this day, the league, because I've got plans on this day and not this day. And I'm like, I've been waiting for this for 30 years and now we're trying to pick and choose our days. That's where we've got to with this football team. So to have a game where we get to go, oh, what, we might go out of the Champions League and we can get all up and we can pretend like, no, not dissimilar to what they had. 
we get to go into that game yeah. and we get to do the whole Anfield on a on a great European night, and we love doing that. I said to Neil as it was it came in, I was like a madman last night. I was I was screaming at the telly. I called a referee. All of the, the, the f's under the sun. I got shouted at by my missus for trying nearly waking the kids up, <laughs> and it was only as the game finished and I was still raging. I actually went. Oh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And why did I enjoy it? Because you're in a game yeah. and that's what it's like to be in a game again. And that, that's no disrespect. And it's not, we're not being cocky about it. But as you say, when we're playing these teams in the Premiership and we're just, you know, doing what we do, and we do, it's great to have that little bit of needle now to go, you know what, Atleti, come on, let's go. And, and we'll all be up for it and the team will be up for it as well. Can't wait. Second leg. Uh, God, we've got some business to take care of before then, though. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.